0: Welcome to another episode of the Everybody Fits podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kim. Today we have the lovely Christine with us. So Christine, do you want to just tell everybody listening a little bit about you? Yeah,
1: hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm so excited to be on this podcast, you have no idea. Um, I am, so I'm going to ramble now. I'm basically a women's, I call myself a women's non-diet coach. So I work with women around strength and fitness um, in the non-diet space. So basically, that means that some of my clients may still want to lose weight, but that is not a goal that I set, and that we work purely on strength and fitness and women feeling stronger in their bodies and better about themselves generally so that's kind of that in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> so how did you start off in the industry
1: um i do, it's quite a typical story really um I I don't know, I think a lot of fitness, this is controversial, I do think a lot of fitness instructors come into fitness because of their own issues um, around food and around movement. And I was one of those people. um, Coming from, launching straight in, ladies. Coming from uh, an eating disorder background, um, I kind of switched. I went through lots of different eating disorders, starting with anorexia and then morphing into kind of bulimia and binge eating disorder and then I got exercise. and I kind of compulsively exercised but told myself I was quite fit and I was recovered and it was all grand but I was still very much using exercise to maintain a certain weight or a shape that I thought I should be that actually my body didn't want me to be and wasn't very happy at but I thought I exercise all day long. If I become a fitness instructor, I can literally do it for a living. And I mean, that's more in the subconscious, but that definitely was a driving force behind training to be a fitness instructor. So not the best reason to come in, but I'm glad that I came in because then I've, I kind of, from meeting a lot of people and from social media has been incredible. I've just evolved, so I've just slowly evolved from the calorie-burning workouts, from the HIIT workouts, to actually dispute my passion for women accepting their bodies as they are and just being able to move freely and feeling strong and comfortable in their skin. That is what drives me now. How did, that,
2: how did you evolve, though? Was it through your own recovery that you started to kind of look differently at the industry or was there any specific other thing
1: um i think there's it's a good question um i think um it started was quite a slow recovery for me so um i was all, i never really pushed the calorie burn and i would always stop women if women came to classes and started talking about oh i want to lose weight. i'd always kind of try and and say oh you know you don't like, try not to focus on that so i was never I always wanted people to sort of think differently about movement, even if I didn't, just from the background that I was from. Because I'd recovered, I thought, from an eating disorder, I didn't want other people to fall into that. Um, but really, it was very slow. And the one thing that stuck out for me was watching, if you haven't already watched it, there's a documentary called Embrace, or Embrace, if you're English. <laughs> um and it was just so inspiring to me that was the one time that I thought, I don't need to change my body. I don't need to fight so hard to be in a body that my body's not happy at. I actually could stop worrying about it and then start enjoying my life a bit more and just listening to my body and what I need. And it was the first time that I thought I actually don't have to spend my life fighting my body. It was so that was for me, that was a massive turning point. And then just meeting a community of, of non-diet fitness professionals like yourselves, um, that has been brilliant for me. And I've done so much research, and now I've become an intuitive eating counsellor, which was massive. That was just such a goal of mine and such a dream of mine to do. So, it's yeah, we're getting there, lady.
2: <laughs> I love that. Um, I think we've spoken about this before, about all of us at, um instagram it can be used as such an amazing tool in that we've all found each other through instagram and making that um connection and 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 finding other people that have that similar passion because our approach to fitness is so different to mainstream and it's different it's difficult to find other people in the fitness industry like, I was trying to find other people in Newcastle that had this same ethos. And, like, Amy's literally the only one that, that I've come across so far. So it, it's it's really hard. And it is quite special that we can, you know, all sort of come together and connect and, and make this kind of movement stronger. And, and
1: yeah, it's
2: great.
1: <laughs> interesting to me because I think when you're on your little corner of Instagram sorry I use my hands a lot which I know doesn't come across in the podcast <laughs> but um when you're in your little corner of Instagram you think actually this message is spreading we're really making progress here look up but actually in the real world it means very different doesn't it
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's that algorithm thing isn't it because it, it I was looking for something the other day on Instagram and I can't, I can't even remember. I think I'd put, a a hashtag something about hips. And then all of a sudden, all of these videos started to come up and it was like, oh, um, grow your booty and ah. like, everything that is cliche to the fitness industry. And it it just sort of flagged up so many things to me. Um, and it's, pregnancy exercise is a really big one. when When I was pregnant and I was... I was I'm I'm qualified. I say qualified in better commas because I did a pre and postnatal course, but it's it's if you want to do the research, you've got to do it yourself because really the information is very, very limited. Um, and I remember starting to follow a few profiles on Instagram and a lot of them just spread a lot of misinformation but then that's very difficult because the information is so lacking out there. And it's funny how searching for one thing or following one profile can totally change your entire Instagram profile and the suggestions that it brings up. So we are very lucky that we're in this space, but the issue I think is that if someone out there is generically looking for something fitness related, they want some advice on exercise and all they're going to do is search the hashtags the biggest hashtags that come up are the generalized fit spores and, and the generalized profiles that will push the usual fitness narratives. So it is important that we are out there and we are pushing the narrative of, you know, health at every size and exercise to feel good, rather than having to change your body and intuitive eating and just things that make us appreciate our bodies rather than constantly striving to change it. You know
1: what Amy, I think there are quite a lot of influencers out there who are jumping on the bandwagon though, but mm. not the right reason. So they're kind of saying, oh, we, we're not about diets, but you can lose weight this way. You don't have to diet we're all about you feeling good in your body and you lose fat loss by so they're still about the weight loss but they're packaging themselves as kind of part of the non-diet community and that i really struggle with that because that's if you are interested in that approach you'll think oh i can still chase the weight loss goal and be in the anti-diet non which doesn't marry together mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's i think people get confused then
0: yeah
2: it it makes me very very angry. It really does. It really does. And I feel like that whole attitude and that it is so dated now, because most people know that diets don't work. But then it's that this is the thing. It's it's that well, this isn't a diet. But then they're still pushing weight loss. So it's it's that whole thing of like yeah no diets don't work and then they'll they'll say oh no diets but they're referring to like fad diets they're not referring to calorie deficit because cal yeah a calorie deficit isn't is isn't a diet apparently to some people so mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's quite it's quite hard
1: awesome obviously i would never judge a client for whatever they want to do everybody has autonomy they should be allowed and not be judged for whatever decision they come to around food eating their bodies etc but it is that the calorie deficit one i struggle with and fasted training i struggle with um because i think if you really want if your goal is to get fitter, to feel stronger none of those are obligations either but if that's your goal you want to feel better you want the calorie deficit is not going to get you there because you're not eating you're not fueling your body for the workout mm-hmm. and that's what really gets to me it's that misinformation that you can do both you can be in a calorie deficit and you can be doing all these amazing workouts and it doesn't again it's not it's not the case and if you're fasting before you train your body's got nothing in the tank so you're not going to get of your workouts anyway and it's and I think that the, the misinformation is just so widespread. It's just an uphill battle constantly. It's like swimming upstream, isn't it? It's just...
0: But you're you right that, you know, we are all trying to change that message. And the more we try and push it out there, even if, you know, even if you just get to change one person's opinion, one person's outlook, it's a change. And it's it's the fact that we get to help People are recognised that their entire lives aren't about how much they move and how much or how little they eat. Because I think that's the scariest thing, which you have experienced with your eating disorders. It's pushed more on the fact of how little we should eat. It's never about how much we should be eating. You know, I've I've had conversations with clients and said to them. You sh- you need to be eating more. Like they're feeling tired, they're feeling lethargic. Or I had a client who was struggling because she wanted to lose weight again. I'm on the same same page as you. I don't promote weight loss. I don't aid in weight loss, but I will talk to my clients if they want to lose weight. And she eventually joined uh, an unknown slimming group of which we shall not talk about. A blooming world, um, and. What she found was the conversation that we've been having for over a year of you need to eat more, you're not eating enough, you need to eat more. And she joined and she started eating more and she lost weight and she she had more energy. And I was like, it's, it's bizarre that she understands all of it, but it needs to be reinforced by a big brand telling her. Uh, but now I'm trying to get her out of the mindset of, she's afraid because she's only got so many sins she can have each week and does she really want to spend them on this or spend them on that and and I'd say to her but if you haven't had any today why why are you bothered so it's like each week it's we now have a check-in to make sure that she's not pushing over to that side because she never wanted to be that concerned it was just that she wanted to feel more comfortable in their clothes and didn't want to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. And it, I think for that, that's a big thing for people as well. I understand not wanting to go up a size. It's not the worst thing in the world. But also we are currently in a cost of living crisis. If you if you gain and weight and you do go up a clothes size, can you afford to now replace all of your clothes? It's such, it and it's a horrible thing, I think, but that is a place that we're sitting in now but yeah I do think it was that your experience of when you were living with that eating disorder it was all about how little you could eat as opposed to how much you should
1: yeah oh 100% especially in in the throes of it it was and you're very focused on the calories very focused and I think this is the problem with calorie deficit or big companies we're not going to talk about um because it is so focused on calories and don't get me started with frigging sins and attaching that morality to food I mean come on we beat ourselves up and up and there's enough crap going on in the world we're in a really difficult position financially every which way at the minute and we don't need to be beating ourselves up if our body craves something and we actually let ourselves eat something that we crave you know that's it's that kind of the idea that eating something that's not clean in inverted commas is a sin is utterly damaging do you know what i mean that really gets me but that's i had to unlearn that because for me that i really had a bit of fear around for i don't know if it was the same for you guys but definitely from i, I think anorexic in my teens for a few years certain mm-hmm. food rules so i have still until the last few years i still had that i was unaware of that i had to really like i didn't go in the shop i wouldn't just go in and buy a chocolate bar so i think it's the focus is i'm trying with clients to bring the focus away from calories and i think we're coming back to that conversation that to me at the minute the biggest fad or craze in the fitness industry or the biggest focus seems to be the calorie deficit everywhere i go i'm saying that and i get presented with the algorithm i get presented adverts about calorie deficits quite a lot because it's kind of seen as the fitness industry I don't know about you guys yeah and it, it it's
2: that argument of like well you can't argue with science and it works and yeah it works but short term and you know it but it's how it's presented it's like all bodies they're just a simple equation and you know, I uh I, I do have a bit of a confession. Um, so like I, I still get emails from my fitness pal just because I like I'll look at them and sometimes they'll be like, oh well that I'll think that's a good idea for 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 a bit of content. I can I can have a rant about that later on on Instagram. And um out of curiosity, I downloaded the app last night just to see, like you know, and when, when I was going through like my obsessive obsessive exercising and tracking everything, and I had so much anxiety from it, um I, I yeah, looking at the app, i it made me it, my body was I had a reaction and not a good one. i was I was really like uncomfortable with it. and um the email that i that I got um was, do you know how much sugar's in your Halloween candy? And there was all this like, that um, they had this like long and I clicked on it cause I was curious to see what what they were doing. And there was like um, Snickers bars and then they'd go in down for all these different types of foods and then they'd have fruit and they'll say like, well, this is how many calories is in this apple. And so like, it, it's, yeah. it it was really just I was shocked because I haven't exposed myself that much that heavily to diet culture since I was massively massively in it and I and I I feel like I have quite a lot of control and I protect myself from it and then I went into it and I was like no and I probably shouldn't have done I was just curious but it sometimes you do get in this bubble and you think oh right it's not it's not out there it's it, things are changing and yeah it's uh, sorry I went off on one and I, and I really I'm aware that I should not be
0: talking so oh yes. <laughs> no I like I totally get that but I am kind of the opposite in that I will still actively follow people that I don't align with just so that I'm aware of what is going on and and sort of to keep myself in the loop. And I do think the Halloween sweets thing at the minute, because obviously we're a week away from Halloween, it's just showing what it's going to be like in the future. Children are being brought up with this message already. I mean, we see it on TV. We see it in pro- the way that they'll they'll go on at such a young age about... A body type a body size they will use fat as derogatory they will talk about sugar as being terrible and they talk about junk food and all of the negatives and and i've said before my daughter is one and one of my least favorite things is she watches coco melon and they do a, a song about mommy going to the fridge and trying to daddy coming in and saying are you eating sugar Oh no! And then Daddy goes to the fridge, and uh, Mommy says, "Are you eating junk food?" Oh no! And like, and it's always like they're eating donuts or they're eating pizza, and oh, that's a bad thing to have. But you must eat your fruits and vegetables. And it's like, come, we—why are we even having songs about food? <laughs> like, just just neutrality. If you're gonna sing about it, but it's all of these messages that are forced down throats at such a young age and it, it it's no wonder that we are having all of these issues that we are one with the rise in children eating disorders but people of our age group of older age groups that we've all got such confusion around food it's not even that we've got issues around food it's just that there's such confusion and I think there are people out there who have absolutely nothing they can go out they can eat they can drink they're not even think about it but I think that is the minority now over the majority because even if they don't have any problems they will recognize that there are friends that have issues around them and family because of course when we make a choice we always justify that choice as well if we're going out we're going for a treat or we're going to choose something because it's the healthy option or because we're going to be a little bit naughty and it's we don't need a justification for what we eat or how we move
2: I was watching Winnie the Pooh with with Harvey my little boy the other day and uh literally the very first scene was Tigger and he was like he had this like outfit on he was like do I look fat in this? And there was Winnie the Pooh with his little tank top and his belly and he was like I can't remember what he said because I was like I was like poor Winnie because how is that going to make him feel with his tank top and his belly sticking out
1: <laughs> like that's just not it's not okay Tigger. No. <laughs> and you know what so my kids are slightly older so mine are nearly 13 and uh, 12 and 14 and um we watch Friends because Friends is like so in with the kids these days. That sounds makes me sound really old. Sorry, <laughs> um, but oh my goodness, the amount of fat phobia and stigmatizing language in it is unbelievable. My friends can be very funny, and I did watch it and love it back in the day. But even my girls notice. So they're like, oh, that's not very that's very fat phobic, that's very body shaming. So they'll say all that stuff, which it makes me feel very good. Something that I'm saying is sinking in. But what we um what you were talking about, Amy. So uh, we talked about this before we recorded. But my daughter, who's 12, is struggling with anorexia, and um, which is horrible. As a parent, it's been utterly heartbreaking. But just to say that not all diets lead to eating disorders but all eating disorders start with a diet and that's something that's very important to say not everybody as you were saying not everybody will get an eating disorder who diets but those who are susceptible to that way of coping that you know with the culture that we live in it's so much more likely and it's so much more prevalent for that reason because it is just everywhere and it's you know Eating disorders can happen for so many different reasons, but she's trying she's trying to recover now. How do you recover in this culture when calories are everywhere? Body shape, you should be this, you know, everything on TikTok. You look a certain way, or you have to be a Kardashian with you're know, the tiniest waist and this perfect sized hips. And you know, everything is about how you look. Mm-hmm. Everything with that they're presented with, every like video game they play, every show they watch, it's all about that. Um, so it's really hard for kids, isn't it? Because yeah. we're, as adults, it's freaking hard for us, but we can do a bit of research. We can take a step back. You know, when you're a kid, you're immersed in it, aren't you?
0: Yeah. How, how, did, how have you coped with that? Because obviously you're talking about her and how she's dealing with it, but it's such a huge thing for you because as a parent... To watch your child go through that must, I can't even imagine. But as a parent who's had an eating disorder yourself, it must be even harder because you can put yourself in her place and yeah. know how she's feeling. Yeah, and I think that's,
1: that's a great question, Amy, but I think it's a bit of both worlds. I She's really happy because she can talk to me and I get it, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm necessarily the best person because I've got too much of my own stuff and she's my daughter, you know, so I'm overcompensating um, and also being triggered at the same time. So when I, when I saw her really restricting and I immediately wanted to restrict and I don't know what kind of neural pathway that fired off because it was like, what? So obviously I didn't and I, but I've had to sort of, I've had to really work on myself around that. Mm -hmm. so i have to show her a model of eating that is who will eat what she wants and takes care of herself and that's what i've done but i've had to work on that so it just shows you how deeply rooted all that stuff is um but you know it's for any parent it's there's there's a lot of help out there but you've got to look for it and i'm really happy to provide resources we can do that kind of put them in the show notes and stuff because i've i've had some really amazing people reach out and you know, I've had some great resources which have helped me so much and helped Mia so much. So, and I believe she will get there. I believe she will. But at the beginning, I I was really really worried. Um, and this is, you know, we were talking before. This has fueled my fire for what I'm doing so much more. And it's not it's not slamming anybody who wants to work on a certain look for their body or wants to eat a certain way. But it's about there is a different way we can actually focus on feeling good in our bodies and feeling strong and actually giving our bodies what they need so that we've got energy to go and live our lives and do what we want to do with our lives rather than just focus on looking like her over there you know Mm -hmm.
0: so and how how does so you, you you said you've got two daughters yeah um and the 12 year old's the one who's going through all of this How's the 14-year-old managing around it? Because, it again, it must be very hard for her to see her little sister going through it, but it's amazing that she's managed to get her way through without being, for lack of a better word, influenced by the habits that have started to come in on your younger daughter. Well, you
1: know it's interesting? I think this is why we're doing what we're doing, because it will not affect every person in the same way but it will affect a large number of them so I think I've talked to my eldest daughter at length you know I've sort of said look even though your sisters you know I want you to try and not think about calories I want you to just be and she's like are you joking I don't care about so she's very much I don't care about calories I want to eat the stuff I want to eat she loves her chocolate she loves her cake she loves her pizza she loves her food end of Mm -hmm. and she loves baking she loves And she's comfortable with herself, you know, and she never, and I don't know if it certainly seems to me that that's how she feeds. And I've had so many chats with her and she's like, mom, I don't care. I just want to eat what I want to eat. And, Mm -hmm. and so she's got this, and that honestly, that has just brought so much joy to my life that she's, she seems comfortable and that shows you that it's not going to impact so all of this talk about calories, et cetera, so it's not going to impact everybody in the same way, mm-hmm. but it will impact a large number of people. Yeah. You know, so it's but it's been think- it's it's been interesting actually to see the difference in the pair of them and how big sisters suddenly stepped in and been a bit more like mm-hmm. caring towards her little sister, which has been nice. So. I think
2: this is probably where a lot of the attitude in the fitness industry and and the whole sort of argument is that there's a lot of people that aren't affected um, in the fitness industry. They're naturally genetically very, very slim. They're not affected by it. They're all fine. They're living their lives and because they're not affected by it because they've not experienced it in the way that other people have, they're very reluctant to change the way that they approach things because in their own world and in their own mind and as far as they're concerned a lot of their clients it it works quote unquote but because disordered eating has become so bloody normalized people don't think that what they're doing is wrong. So therefore they won't speak up. A lot of people won't speak up and say, actually, is this healthy? Is this right for me? They'll carry on because that's normal. That's not. That's what we do. And that's one of the main reasons why there is this, this massive divide. And it there's so many emotions on both sides of the argument as to, you know what we're fighting for and and we're uh, many of us in the anti-diet or the the sort of health every size space have had experience of eating disorders disordered eating you know have had experience of that and that is why we feel so passionate and and fight and as you say it fuels our fire um but it's that it's an attitude just because you've not experienced something in the way yeah. someone else has it doesn't mean that it's not real it doesn't mean that you know and and i think it's so important to listen and hear out everybody's stories um yeah
1: and it's you know and even though even though a lot of people won't be affected in the same way you know there's that statistic which I always quote is that ninety five about ninety five percent of us will not look like the model that is presented to us in the fitness industry or across the board. That's not you know, so for ninety five percent of us, that is not what we should be striving for because our bodies don't want to look like that or are not genetically predisposed to look like that. So there's still a lot of people out there fighting to look a certain way even and and using these behaviors that as you say they think are normal because mm-hmm. they should look like that person over there so there's enough there's a, still a large percentage that might be almost okay so not falling into the eating disorder but definitely have disordered eating mm-hmm. and definitely or, you know are definitely feeling that they are not quite okay as they are, and I think that's it they don't seem quite okay as they are they're not really fit they're not in shape they're all that language that is used mm. and I think that's those are the people that that we can really reach yeah. the people never felt that their bodies fit or that they fit or that they have always felt they're they're not quite you know as fit or as because the, those are the people that actually that they are their bodies are not wrong their bodies are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing they're Working exactly as they should and looking as they should and as they're meant to be, and they're still beating themselves up for that. Do you know what I mean? The
2: fashion is changing with bodies, and and now I was seeing more. I was watching a, a post about this, and I've seen quite a few people mention it that that the very thin body shape is starting to come back so it's this sort of elongated thin with a little bit of curves of course in the right places whereas you know a year ago last week we want we all wanted curves like kim kardashian but even kim kardashian is 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 sort of becoming very 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 slim now very thin um and I think that's that's the thing that that you know a lot of us are starting to sort of cotton on to is that it's all fashion, it's all to do with fashion and what what body size is is in and what's out and
0: what's it going to be next? It's yeah. I would I would say that's because we're going back to like the '90s style of fashion. Yeah. Actually. Like what is that about? It wasn't cool in the '90s, and now <laughs> we're going back to it. I can't I can't be doing with it. <laughs> I managed to ditch out. I was only, well, I was in single figures in the 90s. So I can blame all of my fashion choices on my mother, but I can't I, I can't do it anymore now. But yeah, it's, uh, body types are going to change throughout the years and body trends are going to change throughout the years. But I think the one thing that is not going to change is that people are always going to strive to look like that most fashionable body size body trend what we need to do is change the narrative of how that looks because it, sorry am i go ahead no no you go on christine
1: no i think it's so much the the words that i use all the time are take up space because it was something that's really hit me why i wanted to be in a smaller body i almost wanted to not take up space in the world i wanted to just sort of not be no not stand out i wanted to blend in i wanted to be sort of taken care of be that little do you know what i mean i didn't want to take up too much space and now i realize that i'm worth taking up space so i'm building strength i love strength training because it makes you feel strong it makes you feel robust resilient like good it just And it's not about how much I can shrink my body. It's about how strong I can feel in my body and taking up space rather than shrinking. So, and it's such a game changer, that mentality for me. So I'm not, no longer am I doing exercise to shrink. I'm just fueling my workout so that I can take up space. And that is a friggin' you know, that switch for me has been so empowering. And I want women to feel that too. I want them to feel, I can do strength training and not worry about getting bulky because that's another thing, you know, muscle tone is in, but only a certain way, (laughs) you know, a very specific type. Whereas, you know, and so women shy away from building strength because they think it's going to make them bulky. Whereas actually the science refutes that and says to actually build muscle takes a hell of a lot of work. And as women hitting a certain age, like me, we're losing muscle mass quite quickly so we're just basically maintaining our muscle by strength training so it's i just want women to feel that ability to take up space rather than shrink and shy away and be quiet I want them to get louder get angrier, get you know exactly what your posts do Kate mate it's about that get a bit angry
0: do you know what i mean
1: that mm-hmm. that really i don't know that helps me <laughs>
0: And I think your body goes through so many changes in life as well. So, building up strength and muscle, when people start strength training, they, they want it to be overnight, they want it to happen overnight. Mm. And, you know, some people get impatient, some people stick with it. And I remember it took years, a lot of years, for me to develop stronger muscles. And I look back at photos from two years ago occasionally. Occasionally, because we all do. You always say you shouldn't look back, but you do. And I think, oh my God, I was like ridiculous. The muscles on my back were just ridiculous. And then I think because we'd had, you know, I'd been training for a couple of years, but then also it was COVID and there was nothing to do other than, you know, i worked online and then I would train. I wasn't allowed to go out of the house. So I would just play around with new exercises and things to do. And then we were going through fertility treatment and I needed something to keep my brain busy. And Mm -hmm. and it was just always there. And I remember after having my little girl, there was a point where I looked at myself in the mirror and I had a moment where I got upset because I was like, well, that's years of work and it's gone. And it took stepping back from that to think, "But I've just grown a human. But, yeah <laughs> but your body what your body goes through changes and even if I hadn't grown a human would it be the worst thing in the world that I don't look like I look two years ago because we live in this this place in our head where instead of looking at our, like at the time when I was as strong as I was I would criticize myself because my shoulders were too broad or because yeah. my arms yeah. were too chunky or, We never, ever, ever can just look at the way that our bodies are and think, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Like it's pretty incredible that my body has taken me as far as it has right now. And no, instead, well, I'm, I'm just going to look at that little bit because it doesn't sit the way that I want it to, or it jiggles a little bit or it, yeah.
1: And it's it's I think it's make it's changing the focus from what your body looks like to what you can do, mm-hmm. you know and and that's not obviously when you've just had a baby, we need to take it very slowly to get back into things, but you've just birthed a human, so that's frigging amazing and it for me, it's I like to think about set myself goals I think goal setting is okay if you know it' in terms of if it's a healthy goal and it's something that you really enjoy working towards, I think it's great um But setting myself fitness goals or things like I want to do a back bend. So that's my next thing because my my back does not bend very much at all. So that's my next thing. So seeing what my body can do, that excites me rather than what it looks like. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's, and if you can make that shift and, and then movement becomes a different thing. If you can make that shift and think, what can I do? Oh, I could learn this or I could do this or maybe I'd like thinking of it in those terms rather than oh if I do this I might get muscles or I might lose weight or I might mm. you know I think and that's a very hard shift to make I'm not trying to say that is an easy one that's a very hard shift to make but it makes it just changes exercise and movement entirely
2: yeah
1: I think it's realizing that
2: you're never gonna have the perfect body in your mind because it's human nature for you to always want the next thing yeah it's human nature to always very very rare I, I don't even know if any woman or any man or, or or of any gender will look at their bodies and be like yeah apart from maybe pt dick but he's, yeah. he's a different one <laughs> <laughs> but look at that look in the mirror and be like yeah no this is perfect this is where I want to be hmm. And even if you got to that state, how are you going to keep it? Like, if the societal expectations for the perfect body, it's going to change next week. And, like, it's just not, it's just all bonkers. It's completely bonkers.
1: And I think bodies change is, like, the, the thing that I say a lot on Instagram. And I think what Amy's saying, so when you've just had a baby, that's, for women, you know that's a really vulnerable time as well, and your body does change because you literally are growing a human being. And this whole getting your body back is utterly ridiculous. Your body is there; it is literally there and working its ass off for you. Don't need to get it back; it's there. Mm. Be nice to it, <laughs> but it's it's that thing as well. I'm I'm heading towards perimenopause and all of the joyous menopause years, and your body will change because it's supposed to you know every not everybody's will change in the same way but it's likely your body will change a little bit and it's being able to accept that Mm -hmm. that's hard because as you say the society we're in we're hardwired to fight that Mm -hmm. and do something different we're going to fight that change but actually biologically certain processes need to take place in your body and your body's just again working for you
0: yeah trying to help you (laughs) and i think again for women it's that you're talking about perimenopause and men- when we do get that stage and we go through it. And the first thing that is talked about is the middle age spread. Oh and- my God. People worrying, and-, and I've got clients who have been through and are going through menopause and um, they get frustrated about it. And the number of times I've said to-, to my clients, do you know that you're meant to gain weight in menopause? And do you know why? and explaining that you, your bones start to lose density. So then your body will build up this fat to protect your organs and protect It's It's literally your body's mechanism to protect you and keep you alive. Yeah. Yet, that is never spoken about. And no. it, it's like the pressure comes for women 10 years before it comes for men because menopause starts p- around 10 years earlier than men start to lose their bone density. So that, inverted commas, middle age spread that happens for men happens later. And I'm not saying, I do think that the pressure for men is increasing and it is getting worse and worse. And it's not even just about the six pack now, it's about that emaciated look that seems to be so popular for men. And so it's one extreme to the other again. And and I do think it's really hard for them. But there are so many hormonal changes that women go through that are so under-researched. It's not just women that have babies that are affected by their bodies changing. It is all women because your hormones change, as with many hormones change. But I don't think it seems to fluctuate quite as much as every four weeks. Of going through a crazy cycle where you have to deal with hunger and then wanting to be sick and then wanting to cry and then wanting to scream and then wanting it's it's so extreme and and so often and yet we're just expected to okay, maintain this exercise, maintain exercise routine, maintain this diet, um, aspire to look like this despite that, you know, we don't know anything about your genetics, we don't know anything about your hormonally, we don't know anything about your physiologically or mentally because we're forgetting the mental impact that all of this has on everyone. And just, you know, get on with it, do it because it's possible for everybody. (sighs)
2: Yeah. I think it's it's seen as like when our bodies change, it's obviously um a failure. But actually, yep. if you reframe it and look at it and think, my body's changing, and that means I'm alive. That's a sign that I'm alive, that's a sign that I'm growing, that's a sign that I'm living. So yes. that's wonderful, that's beautiful, but that doesn't sell, does it? <laughs> Like we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to go grey. We're not supposed to, like, get wrinkles. We're not supposed. But like we, I just wish that we could just allow ourselves to embrace, embrace it all because life is is so short. The last few years, we know that we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's going to happen, you know. And it's beautiful that every single day you know is different and and that goes for our bodies as well like that's just it's exciting and it's amazing that's what
1: i I, and i think if you free up if you hope you can hear me i'm going a bit glitchy. if you free up that headspace, you can actually go like do what you're supposed to do with your life you know follow your life's purpose it's that thing that emma thompson said that's gone viral Stop worrying about your body. What do you want to do? What is your life's purpose? What do you want to do that is not about your body? You know, just mm-hmm. and if you free up that space that you spend in your brain thinking about food, thinking about what you should, what you shouldn't eat, what you should do at the gym, how you compare to other women, you should. If you free up that, oh my goodness, you've got so much headspace in there to actually follow your dreams or do what you want to do, and change the world or whatever you. Want to do
0: yeah so now that you've freed up your headspace a little bit what do you want to do christine
1: (laughs) i do i do kind of want to change the world i really do and i think you need to you need to have that aspiration if you're going to work in the non-diet space i think um what kim and you guys are doing together is absolutely phenomenal and i want to do a similar thing down this neck of the woods so in the southeast of england i want to get more people together that feel the same way and just sort of keep working towards that that time when actually we move our bodies for joy and to feel better and to be stronger and not because of what it makes us look like that's basically yeah very vague answer to your question
0: Amy oh yeah very vague yeah <laughs> not a big undertaking at all but I'm sure that you know the more that we do push the narrative yeah the more people are going to get on board and and I do think that I know that we say that there's not a lot of us that are sitting in this in this little corner of the industry pushing this this narrative but even if celebrities are jumping on the bandwagon and they're not doing it for the right reasons, the message is getting out there that you can you can be fit without being skinny. You can be fat and healthy. Mm. You, you can be any body size that you want to be and be comfortable with who you are. And I think that that's the main, the main issue for me. People are not comfortable with who they are. And yeah. if, if you can change that attitude, then you can open their eyes to so much more because it does, you're right, when I was in the throes of it, it takes up so much brain space. It takes up so much energy to constantly be thinking about it and to be able to, just to be able to do other things is just great.
1: And I, I think sort of for me, my dream, my absolute dream is to open up a non-diet fitness studio. So like a dedicated studio or a gym that is, there is no talk about calorie deficits, no talk about, you know, that it's just about women feeling stronger and having that community um, so that's something that's down the line a bit when I make my first million, you know. <laughs> we, <laughs> but shall, that's, we shall that's watch this Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely a dream. So we'll get there, won't we? 100%.
0: We'll be on board. Yep. Yeah thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us christine i know you've got a really busy schedule and a busy day so we'll we'll let you go but... I, i'm
1: really sorry yeah i've got to rush off and get my roots turned to
0: <laughs> important things <laughs> have, have changing a the world
1: and getting my roots done
0: <laughs> have a great day we'll speak to you soon
1: thanks ladies thank you bye